Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to this episode of Believe in Sparks on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Sydney Weiss, and here is Stacey Pace. Oh yeah, Sid. Thank you so much for that introduction. Don't forget to rate us and like us on iTunes. You can also find us on your favorite directories, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Luminary, Google Play, iHeart, and TuneIn. If you would like to advertise on this show, we'd love to have you. Reach out to Believe.com to find out more information. On this episode of Believe in Sparks, we have another opportunity to hear from head coach Derek Fisher, along with Raquana Williams, Christina Nigue, and Chelsea Gray. We couldn't do these special media interviews without the help of Natalie Gilmore, coordinator of public relations and communications, and Eli Horowitz, the director of public relations and communications, who will guide the media through this conversation. Let's begin with Holly Rowe of ESPN. Hey, Raquana, um, just wanted to see how you've been doing through the pandemic, where you were, what you were able to do from a workout standpoint, and how you feel like you're entering the season. Um, I spent most of my time in Florida. Um, you know, I live out in a small town in Pahokee, so being so far out in the Glades, um, wasn't really affected by much. Um, I was able to work out and get into a small gym, um, through the church. Um, but other than that, I didn't have many problems. Um, it's easy to stay clear because like I said, we live so far out West in the Everglades. So it was actually, um, pretty easy and smooth. Thank you. We'll go over to Miriam Swanson with the LA Daily News. Hey, so Dinah Tarasi said yesterday that sort of she's made for quarantine because of her international play and kind of how you guys have spent so much time in hotel rooms there. I just kind of wondered about your perspective on that. Is that something you feel like, you know, that kind of being locked down like this is, is the video? Um, definitely similar to overseas. The, maybe not the hotel aspect, but the loner aspect of it and kind of like being in a bubble because it's not many places you could go overseas once you're in your contract. I mean, some teams allow you to have cars, some don't. Um, but for me, this is definitely easy for me because I'm a homebody, have my video game, have my iPad, and pretty much all I need. John W. Davis with Windsider. Do you think that 2020 – could be the year that you end up winning your second six woman of the year award if so why Um, honestly I really don't see myself coming off the bench this year Um, even starting back from last year um, coach Fisher and I have a great understanding and I pretty much understand for the sparks to have success I I have to start Um, I have to be in that starting rotation um, to help the team, but uh, if something changes between last year and now, I'll definitely be okay with coming off the bench. And uh, six woman of the year award really don't chase awards. Um, I'm, I really want to chase a ring more so than the individual award. Doug Feinberg, Associated Press. I've asked a couple of players this: Is this comparable to anything you've had in your life? Some people say it's kind of like summer camp mixed with AAU tournaments mixed with college. Like, is there any comparison? I know you mentioned the overseas, the hotels are similar a little bit, but overall, is it any, like all that stuff combined for you or something different? Uh, all combined. Uh, definitely uh, playing AAU travel ball, um, the restrictions and um, having um, adult uh, being around and, and watching you. And in college, the same. When you come in your freshman year, you're living in the dorms. You have a set schedule. 
Uh, of course, you're allowed to leave campus, but everything is a set schedule, so it's definitely similar. Uh, we'll go over to Darren Paul. Um, this is probably the longest break that you'll have had in your career. Um, how is that going to set you up for success in 2020? And what areas of your game have you worked at during this uh, lockdown period? Um, I had a lot of time to take off and just uh, relax and, and allow my body to heal and recover. Um, Sunday, uh, no, sorry, uh, Thursday, actually, uh, was my first day back on the court in two months. Um, I, I wasn't doing basketball stuff. I was doing everything was weight room, body weight, and cardio, nothing on a basketball court. Um, so I'm definitely trying to uh, get back into it slowly, step by step. And uh, we're actually going to have Christine Inigwe up next. Or Christine, we'll go to Megan Hines with the Suave Report. Last year, after you got drafted, Candace Parker, she welcomed you in your um, Welcome to the League video. What's it been like uh, being her teammate now, and what has she been talking to you about, and uh, what's been a favorite moment um, that you've had with her so far? Um, just like she's helped me with a lot. I mean, even in these past couple of days, I just really um, look to her just for, like, support and, like, mentorship. She um, has really shown me just how to prepare even for practice, um, mindsets, like she has um, just really like been open, like there for me. So whenever I need her for support, like I'll ask her questions and practice. She'll, she's basically like a coach on the floor. So um, it's really cool having her on my team now and um, just being able to play with one of my role models. Christina Williams, Girls Talk Sports. So our question for you is, um, walk me through the training camp experience so far under um, Coach Derek Fisher. It's been really cool. He's just been trying to like, it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's what he's been preaching. And for us, every single day, we've gotten better as a team collectively. And I've really seen like improvement within myself and just like learning how to play with new players. So again, um, Candace always says like Rome wasn't built in a day. And um, that's like what our mentality is. We're not trying to go 100 on the first day of training camp. We're trying to ease our way in. John W. Davis is Winsider. Your understanding of your role on the team this year as, like you said, you know, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint, and everybody, you know, continues to work their self back into top shape. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm just trying to learn, like, um, when I first got here, when I was traded to the Sparks, I just – thought it was an opportunity for me to increase my mindset of the game and to um, be a better teammate, be a better player. And that's all I'm trying to do, just be a good teammate and be a good player on this team. And I know that if I stay this course, that we're, the team is going to be successful as a whole, and um, I'm going to have success individually. Uh, Darren Paul. Firstly, congratulations on your call-up to the GB international team uh, in February. Um, how has that experience working with Chema and all the girls how does that help you for the uh, 2020 WNBA season and what are your goals long-term? It's been like playing on the Great Britain national team was just incredible. I was able to learn from Temi, Carly, Chema. Um, they have WNBA experience and for me to be able to learn from them, it was super cool. And we had an opportunity to go to the Olympics. So being on that big stage really prepped me for the WNBA. Oh, Miriam, let's try that again. So I, I was just trying to get a sense of what life feels like over there. Is there is there anything you guys can compare it to? Like, you know, other players have talked about playing in Europe or kind of AAU. Like, what's this, what's this all like? Like, honestly, like, it feels 
I'm just grateful. Um, we have a place to stay. Um, we have like people that speak English, unlike when we're overseas, we don't have that. And it's like USA trials, like that whole mindset of 144 players playing for something bigger. At USA trials, we were playing for to be on that team. Now we're playing for a championship. So everybody here wants to win a championship and we're all kind of going with that mindset. Um, like it is similar to overseas, like whereas we're kind of isolated, not around many things, but the bright side is that we, like people are, we have a lot of WNBA players here in one, in one place and we have like really cool resources. Questions for Chelsea, we'll go over to Mike Topper with Spectrum. Thanks for doing this. Uh, I'm coming to you actually close to your old stomping grounds. I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina right now. So I wanted to ask you, um, I just want to get your thoughts on uh, your alma mater, Duke, hiring Kara Lawson, uh, Lawson as their next head coach. Um, I kind of miss Raleigh Durham, so that's nice to hear that you're there. Um, but I'm excited. Um, I talked to Kara a little bit last night and uh, just her energy and her thought process behind um, wanting to become Duke's next head coach. And there's a legacy at that program that I, I know she's um, – she wants to uphold and wants to kind of create her own journey and her own energy. And she's a great basketball mind. So I think they did an excellent job um, choosing Kara. Um, I've only got to compete against her maybe once or twice. Um, so, but I've always heard and I've watched film um, back when she was at Tennessee. So, I, I mean, I'm excited for the next journey, for the next chapter of Duke. And um, I think they picked a great person to, you know, lead them in that journey. I will go over to Amanda Skurlock with the LA Sentinel. I was wondering, how, what does it mean to you to have the entire team together during training camp? I know in previous years, you didn't necessarily have all the pieces together during the entirety of training camp. So what does it mean to kind of just have the entire roster there? It, it's really cool. Like we've been able to, you know, talk a lot more, um, communicate a lot more, but you know, usually on a regular season, people are coming in at different times. I know I've been late to several training camps just with my overseas commitments. So it's kind of a cool look to have us all here. Um, we see each other all the time. So just being able to kind of start when we're starting from scratch all together and build this journey and build each day, build, build each day is, is it's gonna be great in the long, in the long haul. So. I'm excited for uh, the fact that we're all together and starting training camp and me being able to be here as well, because that's not always the case. Uh, we'll go over to Doug Feinberg with the Associated Press. I've asked a few people this, just this week or so far in the bubble, is it comparable to a little bit overseas, a little bit of AAU tournament, a little bit of college, a little bit of summer camp? I mean, all rolled into one. What, what's it been like for you so far for the first week? Um. Well, it's not really like overseas because there's not really a language barrier and trying to figure out food and lost and things like that. But I think the first three days were rough. It was hard to kind of adjust being in our own, you know, quarantine in our hotel room or our room at the villa. That was very difficult and trying to, you know, the food, I mean, I don't think there's a secret. The food was an adjustment. It wasn't great the first three days, but since then, they've been doing a better job food-wise. Um, I think people that have kitchens are able to, you know, have their own and, and kind of go with their dietary restrictions a little bit more, but people in the hotel rely heavily on 
um, people to cook for them or rather they order out and, and things like that. So it, it all depends on your preference. Um, I think it's a kind of cool aspect that everybody is here on campus. It does kind of give that AAU tournament vibe um, or like high school or like the Arizona tournament, tournament of champions where all schools were in one ho big hotel. So um, it kind of gives that vibes a little bit. Um, but I know us as an organization are being extra cautious and we've been in our rooms a little bit more um, with the start of, of season and everybody getting tested, everybody, you know, getting ready and getting your bodies ready. So um, I just think it depends on the person and the team. I'm adjusting well, trying to get, um, you know, get in the back swing, getting the swing of things um, with practice and, you know, our laser focus on, you know, those three hours being focused only on that. That's been quite a, a change from the last, you know, couple of months and being at home. Um, but it's, it, it's been good so far. Um, I, I know we're going to get better as a league. Um, I know they will get better in, you know, hearing us out and what we need and what we want. Holly Rowe, ESPN. Um, I wanted you to kind of paint a picture for us of the first couple of days working out as a team of, you know, some of your internal thoughts like, oh man, I wasted my pandemic or I'm in really great shape and, and what other people are saying and how you're as a group thinking you're going to get your bodies together because this is the longest you've all been, you know, without playing basketball probably in your lives. And I think people can be in shape but basketball is just a different type of shape. So just, I think during these couple of weeks before games start, like really pushing the intensity, you know, you have to be mentally focused and there's, that's a different type of shape than we've, you know, kind of been doing the last few months. Um, I think the team that's going to be in shape, focused and kind of get to know the, their teammates and have that good chemistry is, it, you know, with this break and with this long, um, only 22 games, I think being able to figure that out um, will go far and into playoffs and things like that. Um, for us as a team, it's been exciting to have everybody and having these new faces and getting to know them, getting to know their style of play, the way they communicate has been key, even the la even having just a couple of days. You know, imagine just building off that each week, each week. Um, I feel good. I feel, um, I feel ready for the season. I feel ready for this training camp, ready to lead, better um, to be that player that people um, – look up to and kind of depend on as a, as a leadership aspect of it. Um, I feel like my team looks good. You know, Candice is going into her 13th year, I believe. She looks great. Um, NECA looks good. Um, everybody looks pretty good. You know, I, I, I like what I'm seeing. Like coming in training camp, it could be either one way or the other way. So uh, I'm glad we're on, more on this end of the spectrum and, and, and doing really well with it. But just taking care of our bodies and, um, Knowing we don't have to sprint right to the end, you're not gonna, you're gonna start building habits to win the championship. But um, starting small and working our way up. I'll go over to Howard Megdahl with Next Hoops. I just wanted to touch base about something specific, which is, you know, your shot, especially from distance, is such a critical part of what you bring to the game. And I'm wondering how you've weathered it over the last few months, and you know whether this time off has you think helped or hindered more fresher legs but obviously a difference in your routine um i guess we'll kind of see later on um i had a basketball hoop outside my house but it's never 
the shame of being inside a gym and competing. You can hit a lot of shots without defense, but you know, when games start, practices start, like, are you able to hit those same type of shots you've been working on? So I think it all depends. Um, yeah, we've been shooting definitely, you know, trying to get back in the swing of things, get our rhythm, timing, everything down. Um, but we're just going to have to wait and, you know, kind of see how that all pans out the next several weeks. All right, last question for Chelsea Gray. We'll go over to Brady Klopfer with SB Nation. Chelsea, I'm, I'm wondering after so much uncertainty going into the season for a while, it seemed like the season might not even happen. And now it's starting so much later than, than you're used to. What's it like to just be back with your teammates, especially the players who you've been with for a few years after not knowing if you were even going to play with them at all this year to get back with them? It's exciting, man. I was like, I miss y'all. <laughs> like not seeing everybody, talking to everybody. You know, you could talk to them on FaceTime or on the phone every couple of days, but it's just different when like you just get into the gym and you're just like, I missed you. And you rebounded and, you know, outlets, everything. And then all of a sudden you do something on the court. It's like instinctual and knowing your players like, oh, I missed that. Like, you know, the way you hand it off, the way you set a screen, the way you roll, the way you run the floor, you know, like, oh, I, I definitely missed that. And, you know, just thinking about it isn't the same of actually being out there and on the court. So it's been exciting to be able to be back there with my teammates, um, familiar faces and, and some new faces. You know, it's different to have Simone on this side of things when I've been, you know, my whole I've been competing against her my whole career. So um, it's nice, you know, trying to form that bond with our new teammates, but also, you know, keeping that same continuity and chemistry between um, the ones that's been here before. Um, so it's exciting. I think we're just going to build on this during the training camp in the early part of the season. Uh, we'll start with Miriam Swanson with the LA Daily News. Question for you about the, all the virtual uh, training camps you guys had, or virtual training camp sessions, and, and how helpful that feels now that you guys are all together. Uh, yeah, no, I think we, you know, tried our best uh, initially, uh, you know, when, you know, the COVID-19 kind of pandemic really came to a halt in mid-March, and there was a lot of uncertainty about, you know, whether training camp would start and the WNBA draft, et cetera. So, uh, you know, we, we wanted to start training camp, even though we weren't physically together. Uh, we felt like it would help us build some connections and some bonds as a team without being in the same space. Uh, and, you know, we, we felt and, and feel good about uh, the, the process of like getting to know each other before we could be together here uh, in Florida. Um, initially, it was about our culture and what we're trying to build here as a team and as an organization. We introduced some basic basketball principles, um, but we still just didn't know how long that would need to take place. And then obviously with um, the conversation changing to race in America and around the country and around the world, we also, uh, we also modeled that in the conversations that we had when we got together for our meetings um, and really took it from talking about basketball um, and strategy and planning uh, to how are our players feeling? and what's on your mind and what's important to you about this conversation. Uh, and we felt like those were meaningful discussions to have also. Uh, Brady Klopfer, SB Nation. Hey coach, I'm just um, wondering where you feel the team is at 
at this time relative to where they were this time last season, or not this time in the month, but, you know, a week or two before the season started last year versus now that you've gone through that season, you've gone through some virtual camps and things like that, added some new players, but especially for the players who were on the team last year, um, who have had a year in the system, how do you feel the team is now? Um, I think that's a, it's a great question. I, I'm thinking of it in a couple of ways. One, um, I think physically for sure, everybody's, you know, behind where they normally would be. Um, at this point in the training camp, some of our players would have been still overseas coming in late. Um, you know, any rookies or anyone that we had, you know, drafted or invited to training camp would have just finished their college season. They would have come in, um, you know, in, in pretty good condition. Uh, so from a physical standpoint, I, I think we're a little bit behind or, or um, not where everybody's accustomed to being. Um, but on the flip side of that, I think from a relationship standpoint, um, the bonds and the connections that we have with each other, the returning players, um, our, our coaches, our staff, you know, having that additional time to work together, taking advantage of those months when we were not, um, you know, physically in the same spaces, but virtual meetings from the business side, from the PR side, from uh, the community relations side, like our entire organization is just closer and in a better place than we were a year ago. Uh, and so I think that will translate on the court once we can catch up to ourselves physically um, and, and, and put those two things together. Uh, we, we feel like we have a chance to be really good. Doug Feinberg, Associated Press. Hey, Coach. I'm curious how much you have to adjust your coaching philosophy style with people not really being in the shape they usually are at, coming in training camps they didn't play overseas. I've heard some other coaches say they're going to try to maybe get some scrimmages against other teams during practice time because there's no practice players, male practice players, to save wear and tear. Just how are you plan to adjust a little bit to what you wanted to do before this whole COVID hit versus like what you're actually able to do? Yeah, no, definitely every day almost it will, will be an adjustment um, as, you know, we learn and, and the players themselves uh, learning where they are mentally and physically. Uh, you know, I, I, we can't, I think underestimate or and or overstate uh, the mental drain uh, that we've all experienced over the last few months uh, or more, uh, you know, around the world, specifically uh, in America, in terms of the extended conversations we're now, um, you know, having around race. And so just mentally making sure that everybody can start to bring themselves fully present here and then the body then can start to catch up, um, you know, with the mind. So definitely adjusting. Um, and really trying to meet our players where they are. Uh, and, you know, honestly, for us and, and the veteran players, we have the returning players, uh, you know, and even Simone as a new player, as a veteran. Like, we're, we're better off in a game on opening weekend with all of the players out there and not in great shape than we are without them at all because we're trying to prove a point to hurry up and get in shape. Uh, so we're just trying to adjust our approach from that standpoint and just allow them to, to symbol to us, you know, we'll see in the way they're moving, um, you know, their timing, their shooting will improve over the next couple of weeks. And then we can start to ramp things up, but we, we can't approach this thing as though we have to win the championship by July the 25th. Um, it, it's about October and, and we need to try and move that way. So we'll, we'll be adjusting probably every day. And uh, right from the start, it, it's been a little different. To Howard Megdahl with Next Hoops. Um, specifically, question of 
minutes played and load management. Um, you guys kept everyone other than Chelsea below 28 last year. I know we've talked about it, and part of that is by design, especially with a veteran team. I'm wondering on two fronts. One, whether you're looking for something similar this year as you approach things, and, and two, whether the specifically odd nature, you know, unique nature of this year means that uh, load management might be even a bigger part of your protocols as you head into the season. Yeah, I, I mean, ideally, uh, if, if we can keep, you know, the, uh, the number of bodies available and healthy that allow us to manage uh, minutes played per game and, and, and manage the, the type of workload that um, our team is experiencing, that is for sure a part of the plan. Um, and the biggest part of it, I believe, is getting Chelsea's minutes per game down uh, so that she can be more efficient, more of a leader, um, do even more. Um, and, and that was something that we just, you know, we couldn't sustain last year with the injuries and um, everything that we experienced with bodies in and out. Uh, you know, we just didn't have the opportunity to get Chelsea off the floor a little bit more at times that I think would have given her an opportunity to be fresher and stronger uh, during our postseason push. But um, how it will manage out in terms of the exact minutes, we'll see. But we put this roster together with, with that in mind, that we have a veteran group. Um, we do not expect people to have to play 34, 36, 37 minutes a game for us to have a chance to win most nights. Uh, and we feel like the new players that we've added uh, to our returning players really give us a chance to do that, uh, where, where we have some depth in the front court as well as in the back court. And we want to take advantage of that. Uh, while we're here, you know, we have 11 players here right now. Marie Gulich uh, will be here uh, today. And, you know, we want to keep 12 players healthy as long as possible and use that to our advantage. John W. Davis with Winsider, last question for today. Um, I just kind of want to piggyback off of Howard, what he was saying. You know, as I look at this, everybody's talking about working into basketball shape. Uh, you're talking about playing people less minutes, but specifically is this an opportunity in the beginning of the season when everybody's there and if everybody's healthy for at least you know the first couple of weeks that like in pretty much every game everybody plays at some point just because i mean everybody's in this together yeah no i is uh i don't think there's going to be a a safer way to do it honestly um when you consider what these players have experienced and how limited they've been in preparing themselves for a season uh, under more normal circumstances. Um, I, I just don't think it would be fair to them uh, to try and start the season, you know, with a seven player rotation as though uh, the season is on the line in that first day. I, I think we all have a responsibility um, and I can just speak for our team and our organization. We, we have a responsibility to our players uh, to, to do right by them. Uh, and so if we have 12 players available opening weekend, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if all 12 played, uh, because even if it's just three or four minutes uh, in spurts to, to try and just give everyone a chance to learn how to play basketball in a game setting again, um, it's an important thing to do. Uh, will that sacrifice a little bit of rhythm and timing and substitution patterns and what may be more normal for us in August and September. Yeah, but if Candace is still available to us in August and September, 
um, by playing 12 people in July, <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to take that risk um, because we're going to be a better team with Candace Parker on the court in September, with Chelsea Gray, with Simone Augustus, with NECA, with Raquana. Um, you know, we, we didn't get a chance to really see what our team at full strength looked like a lot last year due to injuries and, and, and Raquana suspension. And so uh, we want to see what that looks like this year, even in these circumstances. And so, um, yeah, I'll probably try and play as many people as possible every single night the first couple of weeks, try and be smart with timeout usage. Um, and, you know, we'll have to kind of learn how all of that works in terms of the TV situation. And uh, we're going to have to learn the game set up at the arena, uh, you know, in terms of coaches and players and still having some distancing and things that we need to work through. Uh, so it'll all be new, but my hope is that <laughs> we can get as many sparks on the court as possible so we can stay healthy. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, iHeart, and TuneIn. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at SweetBaby24. And you can follow Stacy Pates on Instagram and Twitter at Stacy Pates. And we'd love to have you advertise on this show. Just reach out to Believe at Believe.com for more information. Thank you for listening to this episode of Believe in Sparks on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Sydney Weiss for Stacey Pates and go Sparks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.